of family, friends, and my Novus Spiritus ministers. Smiling confidently back at me from beneath the arch at the end of the aisle is a tall, handsome, 62-year-old man named Michael Ullery. In the year we've been together, he's seen me at my best and my worst, and he's been nothing but kind, supportive, patient, hard-working, and thoughtful. He's so good-natured and in such a perpetually good mood that I frequently stare at him, especially first thing in the morning when he brings me coffee without my asking, and say, what's wrong with you? Michael is a successful jewelry designer and businessman. I first saw him in a jewelry store near my office in Campbell, California, at a time in my life when my position on relationships was a firm, non-negotiable, spare me. So you could have knocked me over with a feather when I found myself asking the store owner about the attractive man behind the counter who was busy helping another customer. On our first date a week or so later, he apologetically admitted that when we were introduced, he didn't have the first clue who I was. Just when I thought he couldn't be more perfect. And the rest, as they say, is history. So here I am, limping down the aisle into marriage number four, or number five, but only on a technicality. Impossibly happy, but also chagrined at the fact that obviously, when I was on the other side writing my chart, it seemed like a great idea to wait until I was in my seventies to meet the real Mr. Wright. I repeat, what the hell was I thinking? Then again, if it took this long and this much to get to this moment, I might write that same chart all over again to get the requisite details out of the way. I was born Sylvia Celeste Shoemaker in Kansas City, Missouri, on October 19, 1936. My father Bill and I adored each other from the moment we first laid eyes on each other. He was a good-looking, funny, warm, affectionate extrovert who made me feel like the most important person in the world when he'd wink at me and say, That's my girl. He was a postman who exercised his love of show business by emceeing all sorts of local events, and even in the worst of times, we could make each other laugh until we cried. And then there was my mother, Celeste. As mean, self-involved, humorless, and disconnected a woman as you'd ever hope to meet. She was physically abusive when my father wasn't around, and she delighted in telling me about lying awake at night trying to figure out how she could kill me and get away with it. Her way of dealing with situations that displeased her was to retire to her bathtub and soak herself into pretending they didn't exist, which is probably why I remember her as being pruny most of the time. My father had several affairs throughout his marriage to my mother, and I didn't blame him. In fact, I always believed that the only reason he never left her is that he would have had to kiss her goodbye. I've come to know that there are people in this world called dark entities. Dark entities are those who, because they've turned away from God and abandoned his light, choose to spread nothing but darkness in their lives. By their own choice, when they die, their spirits don't transcend to the sacred perfection of the other side. Instead, they enter what's known as the left door, plunge through a godless, joyless abyss, and cycle right back into some poor, unsuspecting fetus again. If one of these days you read about someone in their late teens triggering a violent uprising in some historically peaceful country, 
you can confidently say to yourself, oh look, it's Sylvia's mother. It seems important to add that I took care of my mother in the last years of her life. My Gnostic Christian beliefs demanded nothing less, and beliefs without the actions to back them up are nothing but rhetoric. I admit it. I did it more for my own peace of mind and my certainty that it was just plain the right thing to do than out of any delusion that she would have done the same for me. My very earliest childhood memories involve my enraged mother chasing me through the hallway waving a wire hanger she intended to beat me with. After seeing the movie Mommy Dearest, I wondered if my mother might have been the technical consultant. Standing in my crib, peering out the window, watching anxiously for Daddy's black car to pull into the driveway so I'd be safe from her for a while. And the incident I've come to think of as the time she tried to burn my foot off. I was three years old. It was bad.